It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Hello, and thank you for tuning into another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. Today, I have with me a very special guest to talk about a topic that is really, really important to her and one that I'll dare say uh, we often take for granted. We're going to be talking about health. We're going to be talking about the liver. My guest today is uh, Thelmer uh, Thiel, um, who's dedicated her life to promoting this awareness for the past 40 plus years. Uh, Thelma has served as the CEO of both the American Liver Foundation and the Hepatitis Foundation International for a total of 35 years and has trained thousands of healthcare providers about liver health. Thelma, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Well, thank you for inviting me. The pleasure is all mine. So, so Thelma, how did you get to be involved uh, with working um, uh, with a liver or, or, or in this particular field? Well, my background is really nursing, but uh, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is that I have uh, uh, a son who was born and was diagnosed with cirrhosis the day he was born. And at that time, this was uh, this was five decades ago. They didn't know anything about cirrhosis. Uh, there was no research going on. There were no diagnostic tools. And the only way they recommended that they do surgery on him to find out what was causing this cirrhosis. So at two weeks of age, he had abdominal surgery. And we found out that something had destroyed his bile ducts during my pregnancy and he couldn't get the bile out of his, his liver cells into his intestinal tract to help with his digestion and this was a back, background for developing cirrhosis and all the terrible uh, side effects of that disease i didn't have any idea what cirrhosis was and because the doctors kept asking me if i drank when i was pregnant because the, the major reason that they thought was cirrhosis was due to alcoholism and alcohol problems because they, unfortunately the liver is a non-complaining organ so no one was going down going to their doctor and saying i have a pain in my liver and so it was absolutely ignored and people there are over a hundred different liver diseases and people just didn't know they had it so and again you, you know it's the uh, people who go to congress and ask for funding for research that uh, provides the money to fund research to find the answers and nobody was going to congress because they didn't know they had a problem so when when dean was so sick and again i i didn't have any idea what he was going to go through but he was sleep deprived because of itching constantly from his jaundiced skin and something woke me one night and when i checked on him his head was in a pool of blood he had scratched his ear and that tiny abrasion just kept bleeding because his liver couldn't make the clotting factor and again, that was just a terrible part of it. As he moved ahead, we, he, when he took his first baby step, he tripped and fell. And when I picked him up, he, his, he had broken his hip because his liver couldn't make the bone marrow that was needed to make strong bones. 
again, he was strung up in attraction for weeks on end away from his family. And of course, when we finally brought him home, I watched him, I just couldn't even take an eye off of him, but I turned my back and he fell and broke his other hip and his tibia this time. And this time they put him in a body cast and so I could bring him home and take care of him at home. But can you imagine being itching inside of a body cast for weeks on end? It was just absolute torture. When he said, Mommy, can you take my foot off because it itches inside? I just lost it. I just, it was just heartbreaking to know. And of course, every time I picked him up, he would cringe with a pain because he had a blood clot in his lungs that is called a pulmonary infarct because his liver couldn't process the cholesterol. He had diarrhea every day. Because, and it was carrying away all the nutrients that his liver cells needed to produce all the wonderful, wonderful functions that our bodies need from every day. So it was just unbelievable what he had gone through for four long years. And when he lost his final battle with cirrhosis, I decided I was going to do everything that I could to make to prevent other people from going through this. So that's kind of where I started. Given how important uh, how important liver health is, uh, Thelma, well, why is there so little being done? Because I mean, you're right, right? We we hear about all these other things, and you know, cancer and all those things. That liver is one that perhaps we're not paying more attention to um, that we need to. I mean, you've done work, you've talked to football players, NFL teams, and things like that. Why is this so important uh, topic of of liver health giving maybe not as much attention as it needs to be? Well, again, I ask you, when did you learn to brush your teeth when you first got your first tooth, right? Are you still brushing your teeth, right? Well, we, if we don't start teaching our children early on about how to take care of their liver, they're just going to continue on. We're going to continue to have a problem that we have worldwide. People are dying every day because they have liver damage. Right? So how do we change that? So when you look at the complex information that the, in the, the, complex organ this does uh, how can we make that understandable so i had came through this little repartee about what the liver does and i was asked to uh, uh to speak at a fundraising event out in colorado and when i got out there they uh, i found out they had asked the coach of the denver broncos football team also to be a coach to to be a speaker he said gee i hope i go first because you know everybody wants to listen to the coach and nobody wants to listen to the liver lady so I went through this little repartee about what the liver does. And when I sat down, the coach said, gee, I didn't know my liver was that important. Would you come out and talk to the team? Well, not wanting to miss an opportunity to talk to that many rich men, I flew back out to Colorado and I got out there and they had been practicing all morning, just ate a huge meal. And the coach said, can you do it in about 10 minutes? And I said, I just came 2000 miles and you're going to give me 10 minutes. I said, could you spare 20? So they traipsed them all over in this huge auditorium. And I thought, how the heck did I ever get myself into this pickle? And I thought, well, so I asked the coach, I said, can I have a football? Of course, he only had a whole pile of them there. I said, you know, this is the most valuable thing in your life right now. But did you know you have an organ that's the same size? If you don't tear it, you're not even going to make it into the end zone. Because the first thing goes when your liver is in trouble is your energy. And right now, guys, your energy is your money in your pocket. And you can decide how well you how much money you want to make by how well you take care of your liver. And at that point, I had their attention. Are there any 
telltale signs, any warning signs that I should be looking out for? I mean, I know when I go for my annual physical, I see, you know, the liver, right? I see something on there in the report, but are there things that we should be paying attention to that should be making us maybe think more seriously about this or maybe watching mm -hmm. this more closely? Well, that's a major problem we have. The liver has no way of giving you warnings that it's in trouble until it's almost to the point of no return when you get thrown. Now, one of the things that Dean had, he had a swollen belly because he couldn't get the fluids in his body were not under control. So he was absorbing, he was holding on to those fluids and he had to call, we call that ascites. Again, so if people have a distended belly, that may be a warning that they're having a problem or they might have itchy skin because that's another one of the problems that people have. And again, when you have hepatitis, you get jaundice and you might have a little yellow in your eyes that shows you, but most people don't have any signs or symptoms at all. And that is our major problem. So we're trying to, we're trying to get people excited about something that they don't know anything about and it doesn't give them any trouble until it's almost to the point of no return. So we're really concerned now that people are getting liver transplants because they have a fatty liver, because the, the liver has to, it, it stores the uh, energy in, its, in fat cells in the liver, and it keeps building up more and more of those fat cells, and they, they smother the healthy cells. And how do you get, I keep wondering, how can I get uh, teenagers to think about their liver or anybody to think about their liver? And I said, well, you know, you all have a cell phone. Do you ever look inside the cell phone to see what makes it work? And they tell me that there are whole little uh, computer chips in there. Okay, well, now you, you know, you, you hook it onto an electric uh, outlet to charge it periodically because otherwise it stops working, right? So now where are your, where are your computer chips? because you have an energy, you need energy too. And your computer chips have a different name. They're called hepatocytes. And they're the little, little teeny tiny microscopic cells that are in your liver. And there are thousands of them. They're all packed in that liver. And again, how do they get the energy? We don't have a cord, we plug it into an electrical outlet. But what we do is we eat three meals a day. And that's what we're doing. We're feeding the energy that our computer chips, our liver cells need to do all the wonderful things that they do to make all a huge number of wonderful functions to create bones, strong muscles, energy, whatever we have. It's all related to the, to the liver. And again, it's the silent organ and it just needs our help. So this is why it's so wonderful that you're giving me this opportunity to at least have people get an idea of how important this organ is inside them. And just think about these computer chips when you're eating that ice cream cone or the soda or while you're drinking the six pack of beer and, you know, and trying to get people interested. You know, the doctor can say, you know, people who have hepatitis and the doctors will always say, don't drink alcohol because it's just going to it's going to damage more liver cells. You're already, the virus is already attacking these liver cells and turning them into scar tissue. And when you're drinking beer and alcohol and whatever on top of that, you're just damaging more liver cells and pretty soon you're not gonna have enough liver cells left to keep you going. So that's one of the reasons why I do. So the doctors tell us that, you know, you can, uh, the liver can process uh, the toxins in one drink a day for women and maybe two drinks a day for men. But beyond that, it will cause liver damage. And they said, well, how the doctors just say, just don't drink alcohol. And that uh, 
well, uh, you know, I can have one or two or, you know, they won't hurt really. You just keep going on doing it. So I say, well, you know, when I think of alcohol and trying to get you interested in this, I said, I think of, remember when the, the tsunami came along in New Orleans, you know, they yeah. built the levees to hold back the ocean from the, from the land there. But when, and it could handle a hurricane, but when the tsunami came along, it just blew them out of the water and people were, were drowning. They just, it just blew it away. At the same way, your liver cells can handle processing one drink a day for women and two drinks a day for men. But beyond that, it just destroys them. So that you're, and I think of the tsunami, and maybe that's why people don't realize you're doing this damage to your own liver by not by by overpowering it. Yeah. So again, it's just knowing what's happening inside and thinking about it when you're doing these different things, when you're drinking that drink, or when you're eating the ice cream cone, or you're eating the, the fatty liver. Well, you know, when you get in your car, you wouldn't think of putting bacon grease in your in your engine of your car. But do you think nothing of putting French fries and greasy burgers in your engine, right? Again, it's trying to get people to relate to the fact that they've got a wonderful partner inside of them taking care of them, and they're responsible for taking care of it, but they don't know how. So that's my job, is to try to get you to understand how you can take care of it, why you need to take care of it, and have you really pick it up and do it every day. And I think you're doing a great job at that, right, with the educational piece. But Helm, over the past four plus decades of doing this work, have you seen that uh, the public or, or, or society is paying more attention? Are we are we noticing uh, more more lifestyle changes? Or are we still up against you know big pharma, the food industry, and and, and all that commercialization going on to promote the foods and, and drugs and all that stuff going on? Right, it's it's, it's a double edged sword, right? We always have the the health advocates trying to do their thing, but then you have you know the factors that are that they're, they're they're fighting against, right? Like big pharma and all these other agencies and and, and bodies. You see, it goes, it goes back to money, money yeah. and yeah. voice again, uh, because we haven't had any information about the liver. And again, when I when Dean was born, as I said, over fifty years ago, again the physicians, they the, the medical school was only dedicated one hour to teaching doctors about the, about the liver in medical schools 50 years ago. So the domino effect of that has been that there's nothing been in the schools. You didn't learn about the liver when you went to school. Today, it is not in the, in the curriculum in any schools. So you're adult, the people who are controlling the money and the research dollars are also ignorant about their liver. One of the major things that I was doing over the years is to educate Congress because Congress is the one that dedicates the money to do the research. So here they were absolutely ignorant about the liver, not knowing I was the first person to actually tell them anything about the liver years wow. ago. And because, and they said that was one single voice and that has to be multiplied and multiplied. And again, people don't know they have a problem. So they're just walking around and say, why should I help her? I know I don't have a problem. That's not my problem. That's somebody else's problem. So that's a major problem we have. So that's why it's so important for us to have this opportunity that you're giving us, or me, to just tell people a little bit about this wonderful organ. So one of the things that I did, and of course I ran the American Liver Foundation for 15 years, and I retired. And uh, unfortunately, I lasted one, one day, and I uh, organized the Hepatitis Foundation International because they just discovered hepatitis C. 
So I ran that organization for another 20 years and I retired again. And again, then I found out that uh, the Center for Disease Control and the National Academy of Science was developing a program to eliminate viral hepatitis and they were going to treat the people and they wanted to get them tested, but they didn't put anything in their report that said we have to teach them how to prevent this in the first place. So this, of course, upset me terribly. So that I came out of retirement for the third time and developed this liver health initiative. And that was the genesis of why I'm doing what I'm doing is to was to try to get them to add liver health information in their program that says, oh, we're going to eliminate viral hepatitis. Well, unfortunately, with all the treatments that they're doing at this point, and they're giving a lot of free treatments, et cetera, and they're getting patients, but they have not been that successful. The program is not being that successful because people, you're saying, get vaccinated for hepatitis about a disease that I don't know anything about. I don't know about anything about my liver and you want me to get vaccinated. I mean, look at what we're having a problem with the vaccination for COVID and all the education that you have with that. But here is with people just didn't know that when they got the vaccine for hepatitis B, people were dying of hepatitis. I went to more funerals and you can shake a stick out at this point when I first started out because we had no treatments. And the vaccine came along and they said, wonderful, but they didn't educate the people about the vaccine. So they struggle, they're still struggling to get people to get vaccinated for this wonderful vaccine for hepatitis B. Again, let's go back to the education. So we have to work on that. So when I uh, organized the, the, the liver health initiative, the first thing that I did was I developed a coloring book. And as people wonder how, why are you using a coloring book? I said, it, it has been the most wonderful door opener for us because I had a, an amazing artist who made the liver come alive with a little liver character. And he made it a happy organ that was taking care of you. And again, you give it to children and they would color this and they would give it to their parents. So you're reaching parents and the adult family members who were ignorant about the liver through their children. And again, when I was, uh, I picked up the, uh, an article that said that they were running in a, a program called Abriendo Caminos, uh, reaching out to the Hispanic community that were of obese uh, Hispanics. And they were trying to do education and getting them to change their nutrition. Well, when I told them about our coloring book, they just, oh, they were so happy because it made the boring, dull nutrition, eat this, don't eat that, whatever, come alive by making the liver happy. And this is why you are eating happy, why you should not be doing this, why you should do you. And we have had much success, but people say, well, what do you want to use coloring books for? And I said, they're the best educational tool we have because we're reaching a population that is extremely difficult to access. So that's our major problem is how do we get to those people? So what we've been trying to get uh, different universities and the, the deans of uh, education to pick up and add liver information and give them these little storytelling techniques. I use analogies that I've just shared with you today and some of the stories that I tell. You'll remember the story, but you might not remember the fact that you read in the book that, oh, your liver makes strong bones and strong muscles and, and all these wonderful things, but that doesn't stick with you. But if you hear a story about something 
And you know, when I say, if you're breathing in fumes, it can cause liver problem. I said, well, you know, when I said, I had some ants running across my windowsill the other day, and I didn't have any bug spray, but I had off the mosquito repellent. So I sprayed the ants and it killed the ants. But when I wiped off the windowsill, it took the paint off. Mm. And they don't realize that those are chemicals in those sprays that you're putting on your skin and they are picked up by the little blood vessels in your skin and carried to your liver. And I told this story to one of my audiences and the man in the back of the room, he said, he says, you know, he's, he says, I have chronic hepatitis B and I'm hanging in there okay. He said, but every time I spray my avocado trees, I get jaundiced. He said, I never realized I was breathing in the fumes and getting it on my skin and the doctors never told me that I, that would be kicking up my liver again. And again, it's just getting that education, just telling a story that somebody will remember and now he's going to be protecting himself, whereas he didn't know that before. Yeah. So again, it's little stories that we have to tell. And, and again, I have we have lists of them. We can tell you, uh, just keep you going on all these different stories that we can tell you that you will remember in the future. So. Uh, uh, I think it's a wonderful way to go, and I really appreciate the fact that you're helping us to get the message Absolutely. out. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think it takes, and that's why I do this, right? It, it takes platforms such as these two to kind of help challenge those paradigms and mindsets. And I can tell, tell them that you're still very passionate. I mean, at age, what, 96? Uh, no, I'm almost, I'm almost 97. I only, I'm three, week, three months away from 97. Wow, but you're still <laughs> very energetic. You're still very passionate about what you're doing. I think there's something to be said about that. You talked about the education piece there, which, you know, we often hear, you know, this this phrase, which I don't agree with, um, that ignorance is, is bliss, right? Ignorance is not bliss, right? I think it, ignorance is a death sentence, right? Especially if you don't know yeah. the impact of the things oh. that you're you're putting in your system and the things that you don't know and, and what it could be doing That's to right. your health, right? Well, one of the stories that I tell is I said, if you saw a man with a crowbar and a mask on, would you invite him in your house? to go in your kitchen and smash your food processor, your stove, your oven, your food processor, your, your pantry, your refrigerator, and then go in and smash your toilet in the bedroom. Would you, would you live in that house? And I said, no. Well, when you're inviting a virus to come in through a tattoo or a IV needle or tattoo, whatever, you're inviting that virus to come in and smash your food processor, your 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 garbage disposal, your pantry, your refrigerator, and your uh, and your flushing system, and that's why you have to take care of your liver because this is your internal chemical power plan. Again, I think the little story about the computer cells is one way to get people to really remember that this is something that they really have to take care of. That you, it's keeping you alive because you just we just take our bodies for granted. And it's just unfortunate because we're just uh, damaging it and uh, it's one day it's going to let you down. Yeah. What do you say, Talma, to the, to the pundit who is listening to us, who's thinking, well, you know, this is the lifestyle that was known. My grandpa lived like this. My dad lived like this and he lived a long time. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to live my life and not put any restrictions on me. I mean, if they were fine, I'm going to be fine. What, what do you say to what do you say to someone like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tough until you can, it, it, it's, it, it's a long story to tell. But again, I said, I do a, an elevator pitch, you know, in, in, in three minutes, I can get people interested in their liver. But it's, it's just telling the stories. It's just re making them remember that they've got something. Uh, again, where is, where is your, where are your computer cells? And I think that's the quickest one that you have is to 
have them something that they can relate to like that. You know, and even talking to the, uh, again, to the football players, I was asking, hepatitis was really hitting the fan at that point, and hepatitis B was, uh, they weren't taking the vaccine. And I said, well, you know, HIV, they were very, very concerned about HIV. And I said, well, you know, in, in one teaspoon of blood, there may be five to 10 particles of the HIV virus compared to 500 particles of the hepatitis B virus. Which one do you think you're going to be more apt to catch if you come in contact with infected blood? The one that has five car particles or one that has 500? Again, the vaccine can protect you. So make sure that you're getting protected because you are, you are vulnerable and you don't know when you're going to be exposed to somebody else's blood. Again, uh, talking about the avocado trees and again, people are popping, popping drugs. And I said, you know, when you go into a drugstore, you see a big invisible sign over the shelf that says safe. I said, not safe. Every one of those things on those shelves are chemicals. Yeah. And I said, you're playing Russian roulette when you're mixing and matching. Yeah. Again, I had a, um, one of the doctors was telling me that she had a, a teenager who had fractured his leg and he had to have a surgery on it and they sent him home and he had some pain pills. Well, uh, unfortunately, the pain pills didn't quite take the pain away when he was home. So what mom did was she went down to the pharmacy and she picked up some medication, some pain medication, Tylenol, whatever, that contains acetaminophen. And she gave it to her son in addition to the medication that she had given him for the pain pills. And he finally went to sleep. But when she went to get him his lunch, she couldn't wake him up. He had lapsed into a coma. And fortunately, they got him to the hospital in time and they saved his life, but he could have died because of mixing and matching those medications. They don't, President Carter's uh, had a, uh, one of his aides was Italian and he was a regular drinker of wine and he got the flu and he was popping in Tylenol and not looking at the clock and watching with it four hours and you're supposed to wait four hours and you only take two pills. You know, if you're taking the Excedrin, you're taking the uh, uh, Tylenol. And he woke up after he had a liver transplant because he had overdosed on Tylenol and he went into a coma. And he had, fortunately, because he was President Carter's aide, he was fortunate enough to get a liver quickly yeah. and he had a liver transplant. But, uh, he sued the company because they, he claimed that they didn't have enough uh, a warning signs from the Tylenol and again, but how many times do you, do you look at that print on the bottle when you buy a medication? I mean, I can't even read it. Because I have bifocals. Yeah, it's so tiny. I can't exactly. even read it, you know, but again, do people read that? They don't do that. Really? And again, they don't realize that, you know, and you see ads about Tylenol and they don't tell you that it contains acetaminophen that if you overdose on that or if you mix it with alcohol, you're just writing yourself a death sentence at this point. And so many people, and, and I talked to some college kids and they say, oh, I'd, I take a couple of Tylenol before I go out drinking and then I take some more when I come home. And I said, good luck to your liver because you're just going to be really, well, they used to be the uh, years ago, uh, they stopped doing this now, but the, they, the infant uh, Tylenol was three times as strong as the adult version. And people were overdosing by giving too many drops to their babies and that babies were going into coma and some of them had died. And they finally stopped doing, uh, uh, creating that, that dosage of, of Tylenol anymore. But again, any of the drugs that you're taking 
uh, you know, you be careful that you, yeah. you know, read the labels, yeah. make sure that you're not overdosing because your liver has to process all of those. Everything that you eat, breathe, and absorb through your skin has to be processed by your liver. Wow. And again, when you're talking to these uh, the, uh, years ago, folks with HIV had to take a number of medications and they didn't realize that uh, they were drinking alcohol. They were discouraged and they were drinking alcohol in excess because they uh, had this disease and they didn't know how to control it. And I said, well, what you're doing is the medication that you're taking for your hated treating your HIV, you're damaging those liver cells so that they can't process that. So you're actually getting maybe half of the benefit of the medication because your liver can't process it. So again, you have to stop and think about that. But nobody tells you that. Yeah. And it's not in schools. And again, unless we start teaching our children early on in kindergarten, and again, the coloring books are just wonderful. Now, they're on our website, uh, liver-health.org. And we have wonderful information there. And it's all very simple. It's basic. It's memorable. And the videos are there. But read it. It doesn't jump off the page unless you take care of that. Yes, so it's our responsibility. Yeah, and we bear every bit of it. Oh, wow. Ignorance is not bliss, uh, listeners. It's it's a death sentence. And it's we, we owe it to ourselves. The pharmaceutical companies are going to do all they can. But it's it's our responsibility to read that fine print, to educate ourselves, to learn about this. And, and tell me what a, what a powerful, what a powerful and enlightening section here. I mean, you've... You, you've taught me a lot about the liver uh, than I've learned all, all my adult life. So uh, you bet I'm going to be doing a lot more research, reading those fine prints and being more careful too, um, what we what, what we ingest into into our bodies. Um, so thank you for coming on the podcast here. And to your listeners, uh, check out the website. It's liver-health.org to learn about the work that uh, Thelma is doing. Thelma, I got to ask you this, this question. I mean, I kind of leaded it to a little bit, but what keeps you going? I mean, at, at age 96, why have you not slowed down yet? <laughs> Eat lots of blueberries and almonds. <laughs> blueberries and almonds, okay. <laughs> well, you know, I think, it, I think it's the passion that I have yes. and the fact that I have a purpose in life. Every morning when I get up and I say, thank you, dear Lord, yes. please just give me another day. I'm not finished. I have my assignment. And mm. again, I have, I have to really get this message out there. I'm hoping that we can get the folks on the cancer moonshot is focusing on research. Yes. And they haven't mentioned preventive education at all. So my dream and my hope is that I can get the power people who made these decisions about who's going to do what with with our tax dollars. I want them to add preventive education to the Moonshot Project because we can prevent obesity, diabetes, uh, cardiovascular diseases. You know, these are all preventable diseases. And unless people know about it and they're educated, it's just going to continue on. And this is a worldwide problem. People all around the world are dying and suffering. Who wants to Who wants to get diabetes? Who wants to be sick? And, you know, please, the drug abuse people, they say, well, uh, I want to go to them and, and teach them about their liver. And they say, well, they're so overwhelmed with their other problems that they're not interested in the liver. I said, you're making that decision for them. Give them a chance to understand, and you never know you've got to get in there somehow and find out what is that thing that's going to motivate them to change their behaviors. And unless they have that information, they don't have an opportunity to do it. 
and you can't block them, don't block them. Give them a shot. Give them a shot. How powerful. Tell me again, thank you for coming on the podcast and then sharing uh, this with us and for a powerful story about your son, Dean, and, and what he had to go through. But you didn't let this stop you. You used the what what I call a, a tragedy, right? You turned this around, and now you're using this as a even more powerful platform to educate uh, people, right? People who otherwise wouldn't have had any knowledge about how important this 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 uh, silent organ um, is to us. So thank you for coming, and would love to bring you back and talk about other topics that I know you're really passionate about. But today we want to talk about the. The silent organ as we go into the holidays and we seem as we indulge and in all of that good stuff let's 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 take a moment to think about the impact right and not and not do it too much mm-hmm. but uh yeah certainly thank you and we'll love to have you back again um at some other time so i want to talk about um some of your other topics um, well thank you for having me i really appreciate it pleasure is all mine and to you our audience our listeners thank you so much for tuning in and until next time stay well